Yo, what up, though? This is Esham, and you rocking with the Connected Experience. Yo, what up, though, man? This is Big Greg, and you rocking with the Connected Experience. This is Premier Pete, and you're rocking with the Connected Experience. Cheers. Oh, yeah, this is Jake Prince coming at you live and in living color, and you rocking with the Connect Experience. Yo, what's up, everybody? It's comedian TK Kirkland, a.k.a. T to the motherfucking K. And when I'm in Detroit, you already know what it is. I listen to the Connected Experience. You should, too. Connected. I'm Santuan. I'm Antoine. And we the Connected Experience. Bro, what's the Connected Experience? It's a lifestyle. The lifestyle. Our lifestyle. How that lifestyle treat you? Oh, bro, that lifestyle is always excellent, man. We just moving forward, man. Just accomplishing everything all at the same time. Uh, it's harvest season. We planted a lot of seeds throughout the decades and all of them harvesting. So well, not even all of them. No, no, a, a lot of it, yeah, a good so what I mean, <laughs> I so the, wait. yeah, yeah, so the harvest is <laughs> dope, right, so, because so many things are harvesting that it's just like you walking through and you picking out the fruit that you want to eat, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, and testing it out, make sure it's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cause ain't nothing wrong with low-hanging fruit either, that make the best smoothies. Yeah. <laughs> you, you feel <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah, you so practice you, that? No, nah, man, that's, yeah. you got a uh, word of the episode? Yeah, I do, uh. Labyrinth, which is a noun, it's a young hare. You know what a hare is, right? Yeah, a rabbit. You know what I'm saying? And then I got one is Sinai, which is a noun, a side channel, especially one that later rejoins the mainstream. You know what I'm saying? So, so let me see if I could come with a sentence. Yesterday, while I was walking through the neighborhood, I seen a group of labyrinths jumping around, being excited. Yeah, that was a yeah. good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to start asking something different, hit them with a sentence, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Because I've been yeah. noticing a lot of people yeah. is uh, spitting out words. So we got a great show, man. Um, this show, we got um, we got an artist that's got a project that's coming. Well, it's out. By the time y'all hear this, it's the project out. is out. We got an artist. and It's also a, a, a follow-up project. To, yeah, it's also a follow-up project, but we... uh of a part two. Yeah. The uh the producer, they normally did they was on a press run and they did the majority of their interviews together. Yeah, but it just don't fall in our lap like that. Like because we kinda anti press run and what we mean by that is because people ask the same questions, you kinda get the same interview no matter who's sitting there. So through being the home of exclusives by the grace of the most high, we have one half of the the producer uh rapper uh Duo Duo Collaboration And then we'll Do the other one later Which will make for More press For you guys Cause we always like to say This stuff come out When it's supposed to Not when people want it to Right You know what I mean So who we got with us today man Man we got um, Isaac Castro Okay And uh, the, the the project is called The Rabbit Hole 2 We'll get into that later on But we go sit down And talk to Isaac Castro man And I think it's gonna be Pretty interesting man like, yeah, yeah 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 Now is that your real name Or is that a stage name Oh, that's my real name, Isaac yeah. Castor. It looks like Castro because it's oh, the O R at the end, but yeah. yep, that's my real name. Yeah, that's dope. Okay. So, kind of tell us, uh, uh kind of tell us about yourself. Like, where are you from? Where you grow up at? Uh, I grew up in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, I've been living out here in Detroit for almost four years now. Okay. Um, but I started rapping out there uh, basically right when I moved. Um, I had a neighbor when I moved. I moved from the suburbs of Illinois, Naperville. Um, and my neighbor across the street. Uh, was into writing raps and once I moved he came to visit and basically got me hooked right away um, and so I started writing raps in like 2004 when I was like nine years old um, and then I around 
teenage years started getting into the hip hop scene in Ann Arbor and branching out a little bit. Nah. So you ever performed at the Blind Pig? Yep, that was uh, probably the first real bar venue that I performed at. Yeah, yeah I like the Blind Pig. Yeah. So let's talk about actually growing up in Kokomo though, because Kokomo, Indiana, is is something similar to the Detroit area because Kokomo, Indiana, is a factory town, a yep. working factory town. Like, so how was it being there? How was it being there before you actually made it to your way to Illinois and all of that? Uh, so I was born there, um, and basically we moved we moved around a lot. I've been in Michigan since 04, but before then we were in Illinois for a few years, Pennsylvania for a few years. Um, but all my family basically still lives in Kokomo. My so grandparents, cousins. What'd you say? So yeah, pretty much. He was, they're trying to get the fuck out and <laughs> get yeah, some yeah. new scenery. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we finally settled down here, found a place that they enjoy the most, which is Michigan. Um, and so, yeah, but Kokomo is cool. I still go there and visit all the time for holidays. Um, not a lot to do other than just go to restaurants. But <laughs> yeah. 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 So when you so when you make it to Ann Arbor, you say you're nine years old. When you make it to Ann Arbor and you started writing raps, what got you to actually writing the raps? Once you and your once you seen your friend was writing raps, like what made you say I'm about to write me some raps too? Uh, it was probably him like saying that, Hey, you want to rap with me? Just the fact that he was several years older than me. And like, I was a white kid and I just felt like it wasn't something that I was going to be doing. And then once he brought it to me, I was like, Oh, maybe I can do this. And yeah. so, uh, that's basically kind of how I got started. And then, uh, once I was just there on my own, I just continued to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the neutral zone. Cause that's where you actually honed your skills at. Right. Yep. Yeah. So like. Do you remember your first time actually walking in there before you was about to perform? Like, yeah. or did you? So, were you watching other people perform there? And you built up the courage, or like the first day that you knew you could perform in there, you walked in there like showtime? Uh, I think I tried to jump in right away. I'm trying to remember like the first show I got to actually like go and do my own uh, performance set on, and I think it was actually a battle of the bands. That <laughs> speaking of like, yeah, being building up the courage and stuff, like it was a really weird kind of borderline traumatic experience because like i think i was doing a rap over the uh bounce instrumental by black milk which is probably like a year old at that time and like the way that beat comes in or at least the instrumental version like it's super hard to catch or at least it was for me in eighth grade and so like i'm up there doing my first ever solo rap on stage and i cannot catch that beat and they just keep starting the track over and over about nine times i finally catch it knock that shit out of the park don't mess up that all from that point and then won the bat that battle of the band so yeah <laughs> so when you win this so this is your first time performing you win this battle of the bands like talk about the feeling because because now you feel like i'm in the game right and i know nobody think that the little white kid is about to come in and win right even not even not even be good but just actually win the whole thing so like talk about that feeling when you won like it was definitely like a huge 180 of emotions. Like at the beginning of that performance, I was like, oh, I'm done. I'm never going to perform again. And then by the end of it, I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> That's what I'm doing for the rest of my life. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it was kind of crazy. Now, now, explain, sorry about that. Explain what the neutral zone is. It's like because this, this is a worldwide show, so when people hear this, oh like, yeah, it's, so it's a teen center in Ann Arbor, uh, basically like an after school program for kids to go and hang out. But it's very arts focused, so. Um, there was the pro uh, program that I was in in particular was the MC workshop. So it was for all, all young and aspiring MCs to come. Who and, led that workshop? Uh, it started off with two uh, rappers, Man in Charge and uh, this dude, Danny Hathaway, I think is his stage name now. Not Donny Hathaway. Uh, and then ended up being run by Buff One, a.k.a. Jamal Buffer. Yeah, Buff One. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. Ann Arbor legend. Yep. Yeah, or rap legend. Yeah, rap legend. Yeah, probably yeah. the GOAT of Ann Arbor, in my opinion, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely put Ann Arbor on the map. 
absolutely came to rap uh, during that time. So, like, why you doing this? Is this the only thing you focused on? How is mom and dad taking it? Like, like you saying you want to rap and how they feel about it? I think compared to most uh, kids, I got really lucky with having supportive parents. My parents are pretty young, like they're only in their early 50s right now. And yeah. so uh, my dad grew up listening to hip hop and stuff. So, yeah, so that always helped. Yeah, it's it was I got a lucky break in that sense. Um, yeah. But it's also like, I mean, I know some p artists like they have like, their parents like are funding their careers and stuff like that. And they don't yeah. really like help me with any of that, but uh, they're very, they don't hold me back from doing anything that I yeah. want to do. And that's kind of it. When it comes to parents, like it'd be like really supportive parents. And then it'd be parents like just so anti. And I feel like the best way to parent is to just let your child become who they go become. Oh yeah. And support them. Like it, it really don't matter. Like people, uh, be upset at their children for a range of things from their sexual choices to their fucking career choice and it's like hey didn't you grow up and be who you wanted to be right or did you not and you hate that about me like it's a, it's a like it's a I, I parent i'm a parent and i parent like this it's okay you'll see so if i tell you something then you go to opposite it's okay you'll see maybe might not be today i might not even be on the earth no more but it's go click you'll see and just be who you want to be and i'm gonna support it i don't give a damn bro i live my life you live yours like i want you to be the best you i don't give a damn what you do yeah because that's just what you do that's just tell me if yeah. you out there robbing banks so i know if i gotta hide you, you know? <laughs> right. yeah. that simple yeah. you know what i'm saying so did you have siblings you got siblings yeah i got two younger sisters oh okay, okay. so you Okay, so, so a big brother, you rapping, you in Ann Arbor, but you also uh, during the rap, you got college aspirations. You you say I'm gonna rap, but I'm gonna go to college too. So what did you end up going to college for? Uh, I went to business school. I majored in marketing okay. at Western Michigan University. Okay. Yep. Um, so what? No, wait, Western that's in Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo. Where did she go? Central. Oh, funny. Yeah, I said I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, I got a sister. One. So, what made you pick Western over? You live in Ann Arbor. You, you, you of them. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I didn't have the computer. grades for it, man. To be honest, like I could have done community college for a year and then gone to uh, Michigan probably after a year, and I could have transferred to Michigan after my first year at Western too. Um, I just once I get into like I don't like a lot of like constant change and stuff. You know what I mean? Um, and so, uh, at the time when I was graduating high school, like it just kind of seemed like. Um, it was something everyone was doing. Um, and now looking back, I wonder if it was maybe a better use of my time to just go full force after the music. Um, I mean, I'm, I, you know, I've got a decent job and um, maybe I wouldn't have that if I didn't have my yeah, degree. Yeah, but that's it. When you, that's it. Uh, th that stuff feel like uh, you living in hell. And what I mean by that is being a creative, having to sit down somewhere for an allotted time every single day. Yep. It it, it bother you mentally because you like ah like it don't matter what time of day it is. I could be moving toward what I really want to do. And I mean anybody who create who's created anything or been focused on anything will feel that way. You know what I'm saying? I got partners who play poker who like, I, I, I can just really go sit at the poker table if I'm going to be sitting somewhere for 12 hours because at least I love that. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, do you experience things like that? Yeah, all the time. Almost every day at work. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I mean, because that's real. Like, it's it's like a, a constant, when, when I say creative, it's like if you draw, if you do music, arts, if you, anything art. that yeah. got to do with the arts, uh, like you kind of be anti- 
establishment what i mean like nine to five because it's so uh constrained you, you yeah. feel like you're in prison the whole time yep you know what yeah. i mean so how was the college experience for you because now you're a real rapper like you you like by the time you go to college like you really immersed in rap so college is one thing but now like are you hitting the college campus like where the battles at where the like what like what's going on when you go to college and they discover that you're a rapper like in real life because kalamazoo and arbor is a nice little ways away and this is what 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 years is this because it's not it's not internet full swing like it is now like yeah no nah, i mean like it was definitely still like the beginning of the social media area maybe like a few years into like instagram and stuff because this was 2014 to 2018 okay. so um this is damn that was nine years ago now that's crazy <laughs> like it still seems like it was just yeah. a few but um yeah i was trying to immerse myself in that scene out at western as much as possible um i hosted my own radio show at the college radio yeah. station just trying to get myself in the music scene there um, I did like a promo job for Red Bull where I was basically just handing stuff out on campus, but I used that kind of as my end to like a lot of the music scenes and stuff. Like there were a lot of like frats that would bring in like big Detroit rappers, like, uh, who did they bring that one time? I think it was Cash Doll. And, uh, like I got to like sponsor that event and then meet all those people and then started like performing on their events and stuff. And it was just like a lot of like people that... I would have probably never would have crossed paths with. Um, and so I just tried to get creative with that and started meeting other people in Kalamazoo outside of the university. Um, like I met my homie JB, who went on to become Lyrical Lemonade's like lead art designer, moved out to Chicago. Word. So that's yeah. big because Lyrical Lemonade. Yeah, like, right. Yeah, yeah, damn. Right, so as yeah. much as I say like, oh, I might have wasted four years going to college, it's also like I made some connections there that I would have never made otherwise. Like also in like the electronic music scene i've got some homies that are like some of the biggest artists now that i went to school with there like it's crazy right yeah so you know i always like the eggs uh rappers well yeah mc yeah mc so yeah so were you battling uh no i've never really battled i used to uh my first like <laughs> it's kind of funny i don't know if you guys were ever on like MySpace back in the day. Um, I met my wife on MySpace. Oh, shit. That's what's up. <laughs> but when I was like 9 or 10, I really didn't have any access to any kind of hip-hop scene at all, right? So I was yeah. just going on MySpace, finding these like hip-hop key-style battle groups and battling people. And believe it or not, I used to battle like Conceited and Bricks and all yeah. them dudes on there, like the SONS. So like I was definitely like I battled them, but I'd never done it in person since yeah. then. Okay. So you, but you knew that wasn't like go be your lane. You like, I, I prefer to write my raps and stuff like that. And, and what I mean by that is battling, uh, some that's some people in and then they try to make a song yeah from there uh you just knew off rip like i prefer to just focus on making records yeah i think probably so um i think like it was also like at the time doing that i was super bad so it was like i like i, I learned a lot of good stuff from those people on those chat rooms too like how to do multis and stuff when i was still in elementary school like learning what it means to rhyme more than one word at once and like that sort of stuff. Um, <laughs> listen, yeah, right, right, right. So listen, you battle rap it on the internet. And but you type it out? Yeah, yeah, yeah there's yeah. no audio. It's just you, people reading the shit. Like, I don't know if this is just a super niche thing that, like, only yeah, I remember. Because whenever I bring it up to people, they're like, no, I didn't do that. <laughs> so you going back to school as a 10-year-old, like, yo, I'm online battling motherfuckers? Or you're not even telling people? Uh, it was, like, kind of, like, split. Like, so elementary school, I would say, yeah, I was, like, kind of excited about it and trying to get all my friends into it. Like, rap with me. And they're like, nah, this isn't really my thing. But then, like, middle school, I was, like super into it but i had like this is kind of when kids start getting a little meaner more judgmental so like i would have friends that would like 
try to find my rap books and like fucking ripped open the pages and laugh at them and shit. And that's when I was like, all right, nobody can know. And then like, crazy yeah. Kids mean as hell. yeah. And then like once I got into high kids school, mean as- yeah, man, I was mean as hell. Like <laughs> It was just a vicious cycle. Yeah. yeah. So when did you switch your name from Game Boy to your regular name? When did you decide to go with your regular name? Uh, I believe it was 2013. Um, Why the change? I had a few different people telling me I should. Um, basically, like just my OGs that were advising me, producers, stuff like that. Uh, one of the main reasons was just like if I were to blow up, there'd probably definitely be legal action from Nintendo, even though yeah. it was a different spelling. Um, yeah. I think they probably still got trademarks on that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's just like some weird stuff if you Google Game Boy with that spelling. I think there might be like some gay clubs in LA or something spelled that right, right. Yeah, yeah, I feel yeah, what you yeah. You, and you were like yeah this just don't align with what sure, I'm doing yeah, yeah. Yeah. so what made you go with your your name though what made you say I'm gonna just cause I know it was a point like yeah. going through names nah that ain't it scratch it uh, I think people were telling me that I had just like a dope sounding name and a unique name yeah so because it definitely sound like a stage name right yeah people ask me that all the time like yeah. is that your real name or is it made up so yeah yeah plus i mean you build your legacy that way yeah you know what i'm saying so like who were some mcs that you were looking looking uh toward like yo they dope like you just heard them like hometown heroes all the way to the top of the pile like who's some mcs that you always took notice to uh hometown um Always been big fan of Buffalo, obviously. Uh, the first rap group that I really looked at and was like, wow, these guys are like superheroes. Probably Tree City, which was Man Charge, Clavius Crates, uh, Silas Green, DJ Cataclysmic. Um, and then there's this cat, Siggity from Ipsy, who's still out here doing it, making super big moves, doing ads with like Puffer Reds and stuff. Okay. Um, he's super ill. Um, True Classic is also, he's pretty immersed in the Detroit scene as well at this point. Um, He's got a lot of the same homies as me out here. But uh, he's been my homie and he's super dope. Um, And then looking towards the Detroit scene, um, like I was off the rip, just like really into Guilty Simpson when I first heard him and the Ode to the Ghetto album. Um, That was like one of my first like underground introductions because obviously everybody had been exposed to Eminem right off the bat. But um, once you're going into the underground, that's like one of the first cats I got into and started discovering Slum Village and uh, Elzai and then Jay Dilla. um, And then, yeah, like from there you go Fat Cat and just gets deeper and deeper. So, so. I'm reading through your information in your bio and like. You did some pretty big things, like super early, like like. Sometimes all, that's a gift and a curse. Yeah, well, yeah, it's Definitely. a gift and a curse. But it was almost like, damn, like word. So in 2010, you released your first project. Yep. And uh, what was the name of that project? The Poster Child mixtape. Yep. Right. So you released this project, and it was it was really received really well. And then you end up working with Astron. What's his name? Uh, Astronaut. Astronaut. How did that come about? Because he a pretty he's a big producer. Like yeah, he did. Uh, <laughs> I think Untitled 03 off that uh, Untitled uh, Unmastered EP by Kendrick. Um, yeah. So I linked up with the, uh, him through uh, Aside Worldwide, which is. The management company, Mayor Hawthorne, Buff One, I think they managed house shoes for a bit. Um, but they took notice of that Poster Child mixtape, and then they kind of like mentored me through making my next project, the Freshman of the Year EP. So got to pick from a bunch of astronaut beats, uh, got to pick out a 14KT beat for that project. That was super oh, dope. Yeah. Um, so yeah. 
Now, when you release that next project and you got these heavy hitters on there, like, how are you feeling? Because, again, like, you super young. Like, yeah. what, what, so what, in 2010, how are you? Uh, so in 2010, I was 15. Yeah. So you released your first project when you was 15. Yep. Who helped you do Actually, that? I think I was 14, and then I was turning 15, like, a few months later. Yeah, and then same with my next project. Like, I... Turned 16 in 2011, but I was 15 when the project dropped. So, so who so who helped this 14-year-old kid from Ann Arbor put out this first project? Who 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 orchestrated this? Who's behind the scenes telling you, make sure you got an album cover, make sure it's mixed and mastered? Who's doing these things? Who's heading this right now at this time in your life? So the very first one, The Poster Child, um, it was mostly just me. Um my homie Blaine Nash, I think, recorded most of it um, at his home studio and mixed and mastered uh, those songs. And then uh, I recorded and some of them at the recording studio at the Neutral Zone. Um, but they were all mixed and mastered very good. Right, like, right. I don't even know if you can find that project online anymore. But if you can, you'll hear some very bad audio quality, uh, <laughs> some really like weird dj chops <laughs> um, but you know what this I is like coming right stuff. out of the like gangsta girls era so yeah. where people are but still I doing drops like and shit. stuff like that when you can go back and see how an artist progress whether it be through their rhymes oh or yeah their beat selection they uh quality because that's like look where i started look where i'm at you know yeah what I mean? that's what i always gotta remember because i'm always so tempted to pull everything down like I, i'm wanting to pull down my album from 2018 <laughs> like, why, why do you feel like that just because i feel like it's not indicative of my skill level now and like i think it's dope when people if they're actually going to like do the knowledge and be like i'm gonna go check out how where he came from and you know go from start to beginning but like if you just are hearing me for the first time and you click on my artist page on spotify and then you put on shuffle and the second song you hear is something old that you might not think is good then i don't know i just be overthinking that stuff yeah but i mean everybody started somewhere you know what i mean yeah even these guys who like think they're on top of their game now they go look back and five years and be like yo that shit was garbage right you know what i'm saying so but something about it yeah, quality, quality, like, they, quality. they don't feel something but you can't yeah. you can never tell the person who that's their favorite song why it's not the best you know what i mean mm -hmm. so we do this thing right that uh me and my brother we just it just dawned on us right it's, it's called it's hip-hop theory right it's lines and songs right so for instance we was talking about the yeah, so song. yeah so yesterday we was talking on the phone and it's uh I, we I was listening. I was I recently was listening to uh, Life After Death. Right? Okay, and it, you heard that album, right? Yeah, yeah, I was actually just revisiting it too the other like okay, a week ago. Okay, uh, so like Long Kiss Goodnight and My Downfall. I think for hey, two hours. Okay, okay, so okay, so, boom, so we about to do so Long Kiss Hip -hop Goodnight theory. and um and uh no no not Long Kiss Goodnight. What is Black Range Rover? Yeah yeah. The first song on the uh, not Long Kiss Goodnight. What? It's the first song on Niggas Bleed. Yeah. So yeah. on Niggas Bleed. Biggie is talking about uh, when he say uh, it's two bitches in the back. They look gay. Two bitches in the back. They look gay. And then on uh, you're nobody's till somebody kill you. He tell you about the two dyke bitches who be in spots where there was no niggas. Tamika and Tammy. Tamika and Tammy. Who actually from Detroit. Yeah. So I was saying to him, I wonder is Tamika and Tammy the same two gay bitches who was on Niggas Bleed just like us who be because they that would be a spot where what no bitches at and he in the black range rover been, been outside all day. Now and this it, is why it's hip hop theory, right? Because you can roll with that if you listen to both songs. You heard both songs. You right. know he mentioned them. Then 
the black they, they, and brothers. these are supposed to be fictitious characters. The only real woman he mentioned on a, on the album is actually would be Little Kim and his daughter and his mom. So to us, these are made up characters because you would think that story was made up. Do he mention Detroit and skits? No, like, what he say uh, tech being sponsored. He uh, they 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 go take him shopping. Oh, uh, okay. He said maybe they, in the future later they take the shopper by me lavender and fuchsia gators. That would indicate yeah, that they're from yeah, Detroit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Again, but this is hip hop theory, right? Because they could be from anywhere, but no you bitches. take the clues yeah. and say, okay, they must be from Detroit. On another song he mentioned, yeah, especially hypnotized lyrics, yeah. right? So yeah, this is all hip. This is what we said. He said he think that those are the two same women who he said is two bitches who look gay. Then he just mentioned them by name. I said maybe not. Maybe oh niggas bleed. There's some more bitches, right? This is why it's theory because we nobody can say what he meant and he's dead. But you can draw your own conclusions and build because if that is right. Then that's he's a master storyteller because yep. he keep t- yeah because the story continues on different songs and I just start looking at it like damn I wonder was them his intentions because even if it wasn't that's dope you know what I'm to, saying? for right. somebody to even yeah. think like yeah. that because Biggie can rap but he an MC right so by you being an MC like when you look at that like we just hipped you to that. What is your scope of like you feel like he a better MC than you thought when you just thought, what if that was all one story? Right. Right. Because what if that was like now when you go revisit that, you will listen to every song as if it in with your. Yeah, just like just like um, I think niggas bleed and long kiss. Got the same type of bop to it. Yep. That, that should have been the three. Because you know that that last three, what is yeah, it? Because you know we got the big three, right? And it's the best three song sequence. What best three song sequence have you ever heard? Oh man, I know a few good ones. It's gonna take me a second to think of what. They yeah. Might be. So well, 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 one we always say is my downfall, long kiss, and, and you know, body till somebody kill you. Those three songs are just back to back to back, like whoo. Like, so it's hard to pick a three song, like, sequence, but I'm saying, like, damn, if they would have put um, Niggas Bleed, then Long Kiss, then My Downfall, because, and you got to think about it like this with uh, Life After Death, Biggie never heard that album, in how sequence. we hear it, in sequence. Damn. You know what I'm saying? He never thought of that. Happened. He uh. never heard that album in sequence. What if he would have heard that album in sequence, it would have been like... Yo, just switch this or switch this or switch like because he didn't get to hear it. So the way we hear it, he ain't even hear it. So I'm like, yo, because so you saying that niggas bleed should take place at the bottom for what? I, I think it should be niggas bleed, long kiss, then my do- I mean, uh, then you're nobody. So you think my downfall should, should be where niggas bleed is? I, niggas bleed is the first song off the second. Yeah, day. yeah. No, I think niggas bleed should be where my downfall is. Right. So where yeah. would my downfall go? Up there? Wherever. Yeah, I'm just, just saying, saying niggas bleed long kiss. Yeah, that would. Yeah, okay, that, I'm gonna listen three. to it like that. Yeah. But then, how does the album start? Because the album, well, that's going a, back to Cali, like that would be the second. That's a song diss still. record, by the way. You don't think yep. that's a diss record? I think it is for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's that's one. Of, I don't know why people don't think that that's a diss record. But then, oh shit! I thought, uh, damn, this shit is singlish different than I thought because I thought it went. Somebody bleed. got to die. Well, you talk about the second disc? Yeah. Well, yeah, the second disc. Yeah, is Notorious Thugs the first song? Yeah, oh, the, on the second, second disc. disc. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, now I got it. Yeah, yeah that makes yeah. more sense. Yeah, because if you're on a streaming, it's just all one list. Yeah. yeah it's all one list. Yeah, so the second disc, the first song is Notorious Thugs. That's right. Uh, to be, to, uh, 
I don't even so niggas bleed is the song before I got a story to tell. Yeah. First this the song before. See, that's kinda uh weird too to have it out there. You know what I'm saying? I wonder who sequenced this album. Yeah, that, that's, I wonder that's, who's that's what I So well, let's what's, get, what's three? What's three? You, you got three. You, but uh, listen, it don't got to be three off of that. We just saying the ball. Yeah, three, song, like, uh, three song sequence. Man, who? I would say the like. There's like I'll think of something like eventually down the line. I'll be like, man, I wish I would have said this. But the first one that jumps out at me, and it's kind of a two song sequence because it's two songs in one. But do y'all ever listen to the uh, Schoolboy Q's second album, Blank Face? Oh, yeah, that's my shit. That's yeah. my shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's like the way that tr- sequences from Groovy Tony with Jada Kiss into that song, Eddie Kane, which is really the same song, but yeah. it's two separate songs. And then No, You're Wrong. Like that, that three I song go, run I is go fucking back fire, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so um, I didn't know you were so young when you dropped that for your first project, going into your second project, and then boom, you actually start opening up shows and touring and working with all these big you living the dream yeah you actually living the dream and now that i'm thinking about it you still a kid while you doing this yeah yeah i'm doing all this and still like going across country practices and working at the grocery store for six dollars an hour like it was kind of weird (laughs) yeah like so you going to work yeah yeah. (laughs) so you going to work like i got a show i'm opening up for so name some of the people you uh shared the stage with man because it's so impressive that like you gotta hear from people the who listen and seen you at these shows. I'll put it that way. That's how I know. Like it's a worldwide. Oh show, yeah, I'm so. sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I started off. I think the first one big one I did was Mac Miller, but then I ended up doing Big Crit, Freddie Gibbs, Smoke Dizza. Um, what year did you do Big Crit? That was the same year as well, so Mac Miller was like right at the end of twenty ten in December and then uh Big Crit was like five months later, like April twenty eleven. Smokers Club tour, I think it was. Okay. Oh, the Smokers Club tour. Yep. That uh, I just heard somebody talking about how big the Smokers Club. But they ain't see it. No, for their life. Right. Yeah. But uh, he said he watched the shit back. Yeah. Oh, uh, Fat Trail. Fat Fat Trail Trail said the Smokers Club Smokers Club tour was the best thing that ever happened to him. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I remember they did that for like a few years. Like they would have different lineups. Like I think Joey Badass was doing it for a while. Everybody who popping now. Yeah, that's another good dude I got to open for. Not even like a full set. I just got to go uh, do a song with Static at the beginning of their set because you say Static, you mean Static Selector? Okay, so like you dropping these now? You said it like oh Static. Oh yeah. (laughs) So how did how did you get to do a song with Static Selector? Uh, so he ended up hearing, uh, a song off my second EP, uh, that 14KT produced, and I think somebody put him onto it, and then he played it on Shade 45, and then he reached out to me to get on his album, um, mm-hmm. Population Control, so I'm on the song, The High Life, under the name Game Boy, um, okay, okay, okay. yeah. So listen. You, you said Freddie Gibbs, how did you feel about that latest Freddie Gibbs album? I liked it, um, I'm a little, like... Man, we started like rolling out this rabbit hole stuff in 2020, right? And I think he probably was saying like big rabbit on his tracks before then, but he wasn't going hard with the rabbit marketing before this. And like, <laughs> okay, <I know laughs> that's the only thing I don't like about it. But he's the, like one of the dopest, man. I, love I think him. that was the album of the year last year, though. To be honest, oh yeah, that's definitely a good I mean, answer. That was a. I, I so, to oh, wait a minute, because like we just breathed over something, right? So. Did you hear your song on Shade 4 or 5 when, when Static played it? Yeah, I ran out to my car. We still were paying for Sirius, I think, at that time. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, Buppy Knuckles was the guest that day. Yes, right. Styles P was there, too, and he wasn't there to comment on it, but I thought he was going to. Yeah. But I got to hear Bumpy Knuckles say it was dope, so that was yeah. cool. So when Static reached out to you, how does he reach out to you? Uh, I think it was probably Twitter DMs where we first So that's how he reached 
strictly out to you, not middleman, third party? Well, we had a mutual friend, like uh, this girl that is out in L.A. She's the one that showed him my song. Um, I haven't talked to her in a long time. but uh, You remember her name? Yeah, Kenza, I think. Yeah, yeah, just give her, you know, she might hear yeah. this. Yeah, well, I got just spent 10 years and like, yeah, we're kind of like, yeah, not acquaintances anymore. So I just like, if I mispronounce, if I, it's Kenzie, but I'm like 99% sure it's Kenza. <laughs> and that happened. Yeah, yeah so, uh, but yeah, then we, yeah, we got, we exchange emails and numbers and that sort of thing. So. That's dope. Then he, so how, but how you feel? Like, how you feel when this is going on? Because... You're doing it like you're 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 in it's the man circle. Like, it's motherfuckers who never, never even that. yeah they never yeah. Like, you hear your song, then the person playing your song reach out to you like yo let's work, and then and they, they really put you on an album. Shit. Yeah, like, like this wasn't the you know let me get a few tracks from you, let me see like you the album come out and you on there. So like, what are you doing? Uh, in your regular life when all of this is happening because this has to be conflictual yeah because like i mean i say my parents are supportive and they super are but like at the same time they wouldn't be supportive of me dropping out of school to go full head on with this i still had to have a job make money i still couldn't just quit sports and so like i'm feeling just like really like man i wish i could just only do music but i've got all these other things that are pulling me in other directions and like obviously like social life is a huge thing in high school as well and so i'm super focused on partying and trying to fucking meet chicks and that sort of thing and so mm -hmm. like i just like it was a lot going on at once and like i remember just like talking to the other dude that's featured on that stack song uh his name's cali raps and he's talking to me on the phone and he's like man we got let's come out to boston let's shoot a video for this in like february and i'm just like logistically in my head like this is a, doesn't make like I don't have money to buy a plane ticket. Like, I'm 15 years old. Like, Do they know that you're this young? Like, yeah, yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, when, when you finally go, because how old are you right now? Uh, 27. When are you finally going to say, I'm doing this full time? Because, like, you're doing that's the it. only yeah. thing that seems like is holding, the, the only roadblock I see is you not committing to do it full time. Yeah. And, of course, like, people, like, need life. money yeah. and, like, you got children? No. Okay, of course, you know, but of course people, you've adapted it to a certain lifestyle. You were marketing it, so I can guess at the firm, you might make this amount because I know how much marketers make and you like, but when you just go say, like, I really believe in myself and I'm going to do because it. Because again, it chose you. That's the difference between you. everything you're saying and when somebody who, like, like a Freddie Gibbs, right? My Freddie Gibbs, at one point, whatever other master he was serving, he had to say, I'm not doing this no more, and I'm go. I believe in myself, and I've had enough flashes of uh, success. Success like, to like say, really yeah, I'll yeah, do yeah, it. Like, so when you, when you go do that, you don't have to answer that right now because I don't know your why. So go home and think about that because that's the difference. Like, like just like, chopping it up with yeah. you. Like that's the difference. Like you just you, have it, to commit it, it to it, say like, I'm doing this full time. Yeah, I would just like it's kind of like my parents after my youngest sister graduated high school, they moved to the west side of the state. So if I still had somewhere where I could live rent free and not have to pay for my all my own expenses, this would be the best time to go uh full head, steam ahead. Joke. <laughs> I, I, I actually prefer you know, it's something women. To, uh, it's something to think about, honestly. Right, because uh, again, when I'm reading through your bio, it's like so impressive, and I'm like, I gotta meet this guy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I gotta sit down and talk to him and hear this because you, eventually you actually start touring, like really touring the states and stuff. So you actually seeing everything. Like, you are actually a, a rapper, a rapper. Like, you a, a, a MC. Like, so how do you hook up with Pat in three one three? I mean, Pat. 
in, uh, middle finger music? Um, so I connected with Foulmouth like right after I graduated college in the summer um, and started going over to his place. Me and Pat had known about each other. I think followed each other for almost probably several years, but um, started hanging out with Foulmouth and discovered we had really good musical chemistry. Um, and so they asked me to be a part of Middle Finger Music when they launched that. Um, and I w- what, what year was that launch? That was uh, uh, 2019, I want to say. say. Yeah, yeah 2018. Was, was, yeah, it's relatively. Uh, they making a lot of noise. I, I will say yep. that. I mean, I know Catchphrase was over there. Uh, you know, Catchphrase. Yep, that's still the homie. Yeah, Absolutely. You know what I'm saying. And um, now it's all about this Rabbit Hole 2 project. So when you and Pat, I mean, you and Filemouth hook up and uh, y'all get to working, y'all discover that y'all got this great chemistry and y'all release a project called The Rabbit Hole. So talk about the mindset of going into making the the, the first initial project because you new to the fold at this time. Even though y- y'all familiar with each other, everybody got the structure around their work, how they work, and you got to What they fit. like and what they don't Yeah, you like got to fit into these situations like a puzzle. And so- when, send me beats. I only want to work straight work. Yeah, straight like so- yeah. What's your uh, style of being an MC and working with a producer? Do you prefer one producer and y'all go in there and cook, or do you prefer the send me beats method? I used to be the send me beats guy for a long time. I think it was just out of like, I was never, like, especially if I was in a room with like other rappers and we were in like a time crunch and you were trying to write something dope and you know what i mean that i mean the good old days of mc i i think that email being able to email your verse really ruined uh songs and this is what i mean by that when you used to have to sit in there with the spitters and write and and use so that's it it, it, it wasn't that's why it wasn't a bunch of uh ghostwriter allegations and stuff like that back in the day because you actually sitting in there with me and we writing yeah. and we vibing off the energy you know what i'm saying but nowadays you could send me your verse i could listen to your verse a thousand times over you know what i'm saying i could go what i don't like about your verse and you know what i'm saying and then i could you but it's yeah. fucking dish you yeah yeah it, it'd be like, i yeah, heard your verse i heard right. your verse so you you uh now that you're working with the one producer do you think that brought the best out of you yeah absolutely like now this is that's really the only i can barely write at home on my own now like it's it's like I don't know. I like when I was in college, I used to have to go to the library to study because I couldn't study at home. I needed to like be in an actual environment that's conducive for the activity I'm doing. And so now, yeah, I've, I've, I want to do my next project and get a few different producers on there because I haven't done that in a while. Um, but at the same time, I know like it's a lot easier when you have one person that's got a consistent sound that you know the songs are all going to sit well together. That's kind of why it took me so long to put out the follow-up to the first one is because I had almost a full album made of other people's beats um, and they just weren't sitting well together. And I was like, I I can't follow up my... Yeah, so I was like... I think that's the, besides the the music, that's the uh, second most most important. important, Absolutely. And it's people who skilled in that because... You put them songs on that album wrong, you got a whole different album. Yep. You know what right. I'm saying? You, you, you got great songs, but uh, it's sequence wrong. You know what I'm saying? So tell us about the process of making The Rabbit Hole 1, the first one, because it had to be that to follow up. You know what I'm saying? So like when they say, hey, we want to do a project with you, do they automatically say, but we won't file them off to produce the whole thing? Or do you say, hey, if I'm going to come over here and do a project, I want file them off to produce the whole thing. How does this work? Um... <clears throat> I don't remember which came first. I think we started talking about doing the album before I even joined Middle Finger. Um, but I honestly can't remember which was the first one to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So when y'all get in there, do y'all go off the theme or do y'all get the rec the records first and then name it the project? Um, I think we do the records first. Like we weren't even thinking about doing a sequel to Rabbit Hole initially. I think we were going to try to do something else, like partially for the Freddie Gibbs reason. I think. Um, but then the songs just sounded so much like in the same vein as the first one, kind of like in evolved version of the first joints we were doing it just made sense to call it rabbit hole too and the fact that we dropped the first one during like literally at the beginning of covid when things started getting shut down like it just kind of felt like we had unfinished business like i wanted to like y'all got cheated out yeah like everything i had envisioned from like the release party and in stores and stuff like that like it all i wasn't able to see it through and so i think that's part of the reason we want to do sequels now let me ask you this you in detroit right now strictly based on your relationship with middle finger music then you found a job doing marketing or did the marketing job bring you to detroit and then that actually happened with middle finger uh so i was already hanging out with foul mouth like i think before i had found a job out here but i knew that's what i wanted to do so my sister we're still living out near Ann Arbor. She had an apartment with a spare room. And so once I found a job in Dearborn uh, towards the end of 2018, I moved from my parents over to here, lived with her for about a full year, working every day, driving from Ann Arbor to Dearborn, and then got my own place about, yeah, like a year after so, that. So uh, once again, it was the music that... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, so like everything that you've ever said to us that's going on is centered around like, you got it, bro. Like it's all on you. And hopefully, like, by the time people hear this, they know you got it because, like, it's calling you. It's like yep. you can't even avoid it. Like, Absolutely. You can't even avoid it. So when you making these records, like, how deep do you want people to look into what you're saying, right? Because I do these things. I, ne I haven't released one yet. So this is like home of exclusive. And they, they, they uh, hip-hop sermons, right? And I take a record from hip-hop. And I act like if I was a preacher, what I would base this song on, right? And since you're a white boy, we use 8 Mile. You know what I'm saying? I think 8 Mile, the song, is so important in life because it talk about how important the destination is. Right? So next time you go, at listeners, to go listen to 8 Mile. All of that is what he's saying is that, but he got to get to this destination. Because people don't understand that no matter what the destination is, it's go be stuff trying to knock you off on the path. You feel what I'm saying? Still on sign, having a rough time, go to work, serve him season and lunch line. He know we the best, but he just cannot get yeah, to, to that destination yeah, yeah. until he what? Until he believe it. I still feel like you don't believe it, bro. Like, I still feel like you don't believe it. I whipped that eight mile one out because of that. Because the destination, like, you, you are hit, going, you hitting you all of these all marks. Of them spots, yeah, like, bro. yeah, early. I yeah. mean, I got mad songs, right? Because, like, yeah. many men, right? Yeah. Uh, 50 Cent really saying that it don't matter what I'm up against. Like, I'm going to prevail. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, yeah, like, you, I'm, that's what I said when I was reading this bio. Like, I'm like, doing, yo, you bro? hitting all of these marks. Like, you working with, like, so you so you, you shared the stage with Mac Miller. Legendary. You 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 opened up on a Smokers tour. Like, all of these smokers, thi smokers Club tour. All of these things that your name is already affiliated with, people would die for. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, imagine somebody being able to say, well, yeah, I opened up for Mac Miller, like, in Ann Arbor. Like, yeah. in my hometown... 
I had already did enough for people to know who I was because whatever the neutral zone is, they need more of them, man. Yeah, absolutely. Salute to whoever doing that. Now, I, you you got a you got a uh, contact on Buff One because I would love to have him come up here and talk. Yeah, about definitely, it. absolutely. He's doing. He's got a new uh, program too called My Brother's Keeper, um, which is like an after school program. Um, and yeah, he's doing super Yo, good work out there. We definitely like put the play together, man, because like that, like. The neutral zone is really what honed your skills and gave you your confidence. And Absolutely. through that, you were still a kid using that confidence, man. Like, damn, man, that's awesome, man. So give us a tour experience, like, like when you just a tour experience because you've toured with. So I think maybe my bio is a little uh, where I might have to change the wording in there because I didn't do any out of state shows. All of these tour opening dates were just acts coming into Michigan. Oh, so they came to your home. Yeah. You, the, you, the, you the person. They yeah. Call. So yeah, I so wasn't on the road better. with all them yeah, cash. Yeah, that, yeah that, that's even better, though. Like when they stop by, like, yeah. So damn, man. So the rabbit hole, too. February 3rd. It was yep. released. You know what I'm saying? And um, what's your favorite song on the project? And why? I like when I got to think about it. Yeah. Okay. How many songs are actually on the project? 17. That's why I got to really oh, think this, about so it. So this is a full length album. Man, I might have to LP. say, I don't even know. It, my answer might change in five minutes, but the one that's jumping out to me right now is uh track studio vibe with bizarre. Um, it's a pretty like unorthodox track. Like you don't hear a lot of songs about making music like oh we're just hanging out in the studio and that's literally what it's about and you would think maybe that wouldn't be my favorite song on the project but like that beat is so good to me um and just the way it came together like that thought we were just listening to beats in five miles basement and he just like played that beat for like 30 seconds and before i knew it bizarre had a hook and a verse and then so y'all so y'all in the session together. yeah that was like as always organic as it gets like a lot of guests on the album i think Probably most of the guests, I wasn't even there for the recording, but like that was super fun to make. Who was um, on the album? Uh, we got, so yeah, Bizarre's on there, Guilty Simpson, Fat Father, Marv One, Dango oh. Forlane, uh, Ronnie Alpha, Skyra, and Extra Overdose. Oh, and Bang Belushi. All right, so you got an album for, uh, and so Gypsy you, from Inkster. Shout out to Gypsy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, so you got an album for the heavy hitters. All the legends, you rapping up against next to the legends, and then you go to work every day and hate it. Come on, man! <laughs> like you at work loving it, yeah. Then you go do marketing and hate it. I'm not gonna say you go because your your job is emceeing, and you you obviously you proven, and yeah. that's what we just trying to get across to you. Like yo, all the stuff. You, imagine some of the hip hop guys who never worked with nobody you just named. You named Bizarre, Bang Belushi, Gypsy. Oh, Marv one like imagine some of the guys that's been around the scene for decades and never get a chance to do that man so yep. that's a great opportunity to be thankful for so you in there with Bizarre y'all make the record and then you come home and you listen to the record and you say this is my favorite or it over time it becomes your favorite after because it's a good album so you go be listening and something yeah. gonna be your favorite in two days because so. Who have you worked with that you could see yourself doing like an MC project with, like or an EP? Like, yo, give me six with this guy, produced by this guy. Um, I would really like to. I've talked to uh, my homie Ronnie Alpha, who's on the album, about doing that. We might end up doing an EP at some point. Um, but then the other one, like his homie Dango Forland, is another dude I really like to do a project with. That would be fucking awesome. Um. 
I, I'm just throwing names. I don't know if any of these people want to do projects with me. <laughs> like, uh, that was funny. Yeah. So I should probably just leave it at that. <laughs> I'm sure they will, though. I'm sure that right now they probably like, yo, we want to get get a couple more in with him. So what's next for you, bro? Like, what what are you working on next as far as uh, creatively? Um, I'm starting to map out what I want to do for my next album. Um, I don't believe in rushing anything, but if I could get another album out this year, hopefully while it's a little bit warm out, that would be great. I think I already know what I want to call it. Um. I think I might, I've been doing a lot of my own artwork lately and trying to get more into the graphic design stuff. Um, and so that this might be my first time doing that for myself, uh, making an album cover, whether I do that on the computer or actually like try to paint it. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, you paint? I don't, but I want to start. Like, I don't know. I just see like, I don't know if you've ever seen any like Action Bronson's album covers, but like they're all just like super abstract and like maybe not the greatest looking paintings, but I just think that's super cool. Like you can, only you can really fully express what your album looks like in a visual format i feel like you can hire right. anybody yeah, you to can hire anybody to do it but yeah in your head yeah and again, that, that even the artwork that's how i feel about the beats too i'm probably gonna try to do a bunch of my own beats on this project as well have you ever took a shot at producing yeah i've been working on it for a while i produced a couple joints off my album old soul from 2018 yeah um that's one of the ones you're talking about taking down yeah um just because like yeah i did those are like a lot of like splice loops and shit and like now i'm actually pretty good i think at like chopping like real samples that i've dug up and that's what really like excites me as far as beat making so you, you get some uh file mouth get you some jewels and you or just sitting there watching them not yeah i picked up a lot of knowledge from him as far as like how to format stuff um and he blessed me to like a lot of his drums too so that'll come in super handy so how would you say it is working with him like would you say that uh through music y'all became friends through working so close oh yeah he's definitely two projects in now. yeah he's one of my closest friends like i probably hang out with him more than anybody at this point um yeah, I, uh, I love hanging out with that guy. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I can't wait to have him on, man. I can't wait. Yeah, to have man. Him on. Yeah, because his bio is pretty extensive and interesting, too, man. So where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at IsaacCaster.net. That's my website. Um, on Instagram, I'm Mr. Caster. That's Caster spelled like Caster Oil, C-A-S-T-O-R. Um, Twitter.com slash IsaacCaster. I'm on YouTube. What, which one are you most active on? What's your favorite social media? I would say my most popping is probably Instagram. Like, I feel like my Twitter used to be pretty dope, but <laughs> I don't know. Since, like, I feel like every time I just don't get a lot of, like, promotional love on there. Like, I could tweet something self-deprecating. Like, I stub my toe and I'll get 20 likes, but if I post a <laughs> video. Yeah, yeah, the internet funny like that. <laughs> yeah. Like, like the internet. And, the, and every platform just different. Like, why? Yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah, yeah super know, different. Like, you know, it's... It's, it was it's all about money too. Yeah, like I, I say, once they tell you that you, you can buy an ad, it ain't the same. It's no yeah. because now is it really a such thing? Then you don't know what's real and what's fake. You see people arguing. <laughs> Only time you know something real is if it originates on Twitter. That yeah. means somebody else taped it while it was happening and it originated on Twitter. The real shit originated on Twitter. You know what I mean? So Word. you feel what I'm saying? Hey man, look. We looking forward to seeing your growth. We tell all our guests, this your first time here. Don't make it your last. You got an open door policy. Hell yeah. If you know people that you think should come sit with us. It's, it's a lifestyle show, so it don't matter what walk of life they yeah, from. It's not, yeah, it's not a hip-hop show. It's, it's a, a lifestyle, lifestyle show. So, uh, and we got to get the buff one, bro, because like what they doing over there, yeah, that's phenomenal. Like, and you like you're a product of that. Yeah, you, you, you're a proof of concept. Like, this works. You walked in there. 
fucked up nine times, basically, <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, and walked out the winner, and that gave you the confidence, and that gave you the the plugs and stuff to open up for Mac Miller, be a part of these hip hop historical things. Like you work with Static Select, bro. Like, come on, man. Like, that's a big deal. Like, oh yeah, strictly no politics because he heard you. And say, I like Game Boy. Let me put him on my project. It come out. You know what I'm saying? Stuff yeah. like that. Like, you you doing it, bro. So, like, when you go to the crib and look in the mirror, that's what you say to yourself. Like, oh, yeah, this. Like, like oh, yeah, I did that. Like, you 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 lead in the, you led up to be able to work with a, where, where people want to work with you. Like, yo, this dude is dope. And you hella young still. I'm, we 40 years old, bro. We identical twins. We 40 years old, man. So, you like... When you said you started rapping you were, when you was nine, that hit us because we used to we we were we were MCs, we were rappers. We started at nine years old. Oh, dope! Old. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I remember uh, we were so young rapping that we didn't know nothing about a record deal. People just used to tell us we was dope and oh, if y'all rap like Crisscross, y'all will make it. And we like, what you mean make it? Like yep. we're making music. We're you talking about us about rap? So we know the feeling of a kid. Being so ambitious that he he wants to do that and he did it and you doing it man and we like to congratulate you on that man and for everybody listening make sure y'all go check out the rabbit hole two well check out one and then two was the uh, follow up project to that that was released February third two thousand twenty three man we really appreciate you man AJ where can they find you uh, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at TCE Pod anywhere you listen to podcasts we release an episode currently every Monday but just go ahead check us out check that catalog out it's something to see something I mean it's something to listen to and you will feel like you're seeing it yeah 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 what you, about you you can find me at one sljackson.com where you can order your copy of the award winning novella Animal Instinct the Urban Jungle which is actually based on Twin Rabbits. It's a fantasy uh, novella that I won a, a award for in 2020. Uh, it's actually based on Twin Rabbits and how oh, they, snap. how they uh, take over the jungle, how they run the underworld in the jungle. Where can I find that? One uh, sljackson.com. Okay, sweet. Yep. Yeah. So. I forgot to bring up the word of the day. What was it again? The rabbits, the oh, uh, Levert, Levert. Yeah, yeah, I heard yeah. that. Or you could find, you could also find me on Amazon. Type in "Adventures of Selby Sunshine," which is a um, award nominated, soon to be award winning book, uh, children's book series that I do with my daughter. And you could put in "Justice for Nakisha: A Father's Pain," which is a true crime novel that was recently released. And everybody with the earshot of this, if you have Hulu, go to Hulu, go to the new series "Web of Death," go to episode five. Facebook Live. That is the story that is uh, that I wrote the book about. So the story on Web of Death on Hulu, episode five, is called Facebook Live. That's the story about Nakisha Hawkins and uh, her being murdered. But I wrote the true crime novel based on that story with her father, with, with her father Calvin. So we got a lot going on with that man. I'm Santuan. I'm Antoine. I want for my brother what, what I, I want, want for myself. myself.